0: Welcome to Season 6 of the State of the Nova Nation. It's hard to believe that we've been around this long, Chris. It's five more seasons than I anticipated. I'm Eugene Rapay. You're Chris Stanzial. I'm happy to be here. Are you pumped, Chris? I've been waiting for this day all week.
1: Eugene, this is the season we've been hyping up for at least the past two years, right? I mean, last year we kept saying, can't wait for next year, can't wait for next year. And well, next year's finally here, albeit in a much different circumstance than what we would have ever imagined. But hey, we're here, and I am super pumped, and joining us today is the man, the myth, and the legend, Chris Lane. Chris, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good, fellas. How about you? Just a little sleep-deprived over here.
0: Yeah, you know, I heard you added another member to the Lane clan. How's that going? Congrats, bud.
2: <laughs> Thank you. It's good. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got two little girls now, so, um, you know, we're working on the jump shots, and uh, <laughs> you know more importantly, the jump stops, especially for the three-year-old who's uh, running around the house like the Tasmanian devil.
0: Have you already taught her whoosh go, you know, hands up for free throws?
2: No, you know, it's funny. She's she, this will be her like first basketball season, I think, where she's actually like into the sport. Um, She just got into football this fall. And so I'm pretty excited to, get her into villanova basketball
0: yeah it's definitely a good quarantine hobby i mean have you been hanging out in there for the longest off season that we've probably ever had in our life yeah
2: you know it's uh i forget if we've talked about this before but i travel a lot for work um so i could not have timed uh the pandemic better for for like work circumstances i went from being on a plane every week to to working out of my house for the past nine months so it's not been so bad. We we timed that with a move uh to Hilton Head to the beach. So it's been, you know, sun, beach, golf on repeat. No, no complaints there. Great setup.
0: Any new hobbies or a uh, cool party tricks you tie yourself during quarantine?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I uh I actually went went old school. I can uh open a, a beer bottle with my mouth again, which I swore off <laughs> during my college <laughs> beard. So uh Le- relearn that trick uh, And uh, that's, that's probably the best one I got
0: Yeah, yeah it's uh, You know, I can't say I really taught myself anything Like I was so gung-ho about trying all these new things In the first two, three weeks of quarantine And then it just kind of fell by the wayside What about you, Chris? Stan, uh, I should say <laughs>
1: Yes <laughs> uh, not, Nothing as cool as opening the beer can with the mouth But I, I picked up piano a little bit back a couple months ago uh, oh, It's wow. still a, a much of a work in progress And I'm completely awful at it But hey, I, I'm, I'm learning all right, you got six weeks,
2: and we want the fight song on the pod.
1: <laughs> All right, fine. How about this? Season finale of S- SNN, I will play the, the fight song.
2: There we go.
1: Followed
0: right. by the alma mater.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, you're losing me. Yeah. we got another <laughs> two there. Yeah, please. Come on.
0: Dan's on the keys. Rick Petino back in college hoops. <laughs> UConn back in the Big East. What a strange time. What a great time and a great way to kick off the 2020-21 season, though. Obviously the expectation and the hype is high. Probably been high, Chris. Like you said, we've been talking about it all last year. I I would say even preseason last year, we're already like, look, Mm -hmm. no disrespect to this upcoming season, but in 2020, (laughs) 2021, this team is going to be pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. Yeah we were hyping this up for long, long ago. And obviously we were not expecting this whatsoever, but Hey, we're here now. And we were still hoping Sadiq Bay would be back, but that that's okay. I mean, he's probably going to get a high draft selection, probably looking like a lottery pick. There's a few mock drafts I pointed out the past couple of weeks. I know the drafts next week. So I'm pretty excited for him. Pretty much the really, the only like real minutes we lost off the roster. I mean, we also lost Tim Saunders, unfortunately didn't get to go out with like a real send off to his college career, but you know, losing just those two I, I think we're ready to run it back
2: do you guys uh, you guys I, I won't be on next week i'm sure so i'm going to take the opportunity to ask you do you, uh do you think he can end up on the sixers do you think he falls that low gets traded there i mean or do they keep the streak alive of avoiding villanova players at all costs <laughs> <laughs> now they'll pick him and trade him <laughs> <laughs> they'll trade up they'll trade up to fire him off
1: somewhere else oh, yeah. no no <laughs> you got to get that 2025 first round pick man come on
0: it's tough because it's like, you know, Sadiq Bey, like obviously being here in New York, it's like, oh, if he went to the Knicks, that'd be great. I'd buy a jersey, this and that. But then it's also like, he deserves better. He deserves better than to come here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan too. And I just, <laughs> I, I don't wish that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: it was same deal with Mikhail Bridges. It was like, oh, wow. He, like, it'd be sick if he went to the Knicks. But then, no, 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 no.
2: Yeah, yeah, we like him too much.
0: <laughs> so obviously, you know, Sadiq would have put Nova over the top. Best of luck to him as he just kind of waits for his fate in next week's NBA draft. Weird to think that that's, you know, all the way here in November, but, you know, COVID times. How pumped are you guys for this year's team with everyone else back? Lane, come on, man. I I know you've been kind of like MIA a little bit on on VU hoops, but, you know, every time you, you come on, you get the people back. You get the people back. How pumped are you for this year's team?
2: Uh, I, I'm like trying to restrain myself. Honestly, I think um, like the biggest concern I have is not Villanova related. It's just like weird season. You know, we've already had apparently one COVID shutdown in the program, which hopefully maybe means it's run its course to the team. And you don't, you don't have to deal with that going forward. But um, that like, that's, that's what I just don't know. Right. We don't even have a, a schedule posted after <laughs> December at this point. So like, you know, I'm kind of just like, Trying to bide my time and think like, okay, this this could be really fun. Hopefully, we get through the season. Um, with everything else going on in sports around the world, you are kind of like, uh, gosh, it feels like a crapshoot at this point. Um, but you know, with the team itself, I think the 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 organi- the NCAA called the organization shoot me. Uh, <laughs> and the NCAA looks wide open this year. Um, I, I saw Jeff Goodman put out a tweet. Uh, I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago. Uh, where he said, like, you could honestly throw uh, the Zags, Baylor, and Villanova into a hat and just pick one and call it the best team in college basketball. Like, those three are a cut above everybody else. And, and I completely agree with that. Um, I think it's pretty exciting we could face Baylor in the second game of the season. I mean, we've, we've learned before that that won't tell us a ton about the end of the season, but I think it is a good measuring stick for how ready this team is because, uh, you know, we've cut out, I think, the fat and the schedule. All the games feel like they're pretty meaningful before you get to Big East play and then you're in that gauntlet. So I, I think it's a good litmus test for the team, assuming we play the season. And I think it's the kind of schedule a coach puts together when he believes his team is truly elite and has a chance to to do something special. So I don't think that's a coincidence from Jay Wright this year putting together an aggressive schedule. And then, you know, I'll pass it over to to Chris Stanziel. But you know, the roster makeup I think too, we were talking about it a little bit in pre, but it's it's pretty exciting it's a it's an incredibly at least on paper deep team where you kind of go through it and you go all right I know the starting five I probably know the top six or seven but like I have no idea what the what the back end of that looks like and it's because everybody up and down the roster looks like they can contribute if given the opportunity
1: yeah Chris I I completely agree as you were saying off air before like this team's 11 deep like and oh I I know you kind of made fun of it before but like legitimately like all 11 guys are like kind of good so it's super exciting to see that. And then uh, to your point about cutting the fat off the schedule, I mean, if we beat Baylor in, round, uh, in the second round, of, I guess, of the tournament, second game of the year, that would be the number two team in the AP poll, opening P- AP poll. And then later on in the season, at least assuming everything goes well, you'll have number four uh, right now, number four, Virginia. So, like, you're two, getting two games, like, back-to-back, to, like, just to show your
2: worth. And I guess that's in there, too. Like-
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, you got all these great teams like right off the bat. Um, obviously, you know, but I mean, you do have the big five there. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about cutting about all the fat off, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, people. It's a joke. Brendan um, Raleigh's
0: is not going to like that one.
1: <laughs> that was that was for you, Brendan. Don't worry. Uh completely joking. But yeah, it, it, they'll be able to make a name for themselves early on in the season. We'll get to see what they're made of. Uh, obviously, like you said, Chris, it's not completely indicative of who they are, but. At least we're getting, like, some really big games right off the bat. It usually took a while for things to kind of get going with Nova, it it sort of seemed like, uh, in years past.
0: Yeah, that's the toughest thing about this year. Like, Lane, like you said, it's weird that we don't have a full schedule at this point. It's only November, December. Yesterday, the TV Times just came out. And it was one of those things when Chris and I were talking about, like, all right, you know, season's coming up. Big East Media Day happened. Why don't we start the pod? But then we were thinking about it and we were like, after that first week, we're going to run out of content and there's going to be nothing for two weeks until we get actual tip-off. At this point, you just have, you know, your fingers crossed that everything goes out well. Like you said, we did already have a a COVID closure or COVID shutdown. And hopefully that's it. You know that these things are going to pop up here and there throughout the country. But hopefully, you know, it can avoid the Big East and Villanova. So, you know, with the shortened season and, you know, with this weird off season, do you think that with Nova having the most people back, not really having any new talent or have to teach freshmen, do you feel like that benefits the cats the most more than anyone else in college basketball right now?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I, I will admit, I don't know enough about every other team (laughs) to say how much everybody's returning, but I I do know that Baylor, I think, returns a ton as well. I think they lost the, uh, the big guy Gillespie and they lost uh, maybe one other guard, but they're kind of like us. I think they returned four starters, if not five, um, and, and look pretty solid up and down the lineup, good coach, you know, pretty similar roster makeup where everyone can handle the ball, a lot of flexibility. So, I, you know, I'd probably lean them and us, like that early matchup I think will tell us a ton about how ready we are. Um, and I would hope, you know, like, like you mentioned, the roster continuity, not having any incoming freshmen, You know the two red shirts, uh, Daniels and Dixon, having been in the program practicing all last season, it should be a pretty cohesive unit, you would imagine. But then again, you know a lot of these guys haven't seen the court like in game action in a while, right? Eric Dixon hasn't played a competitive game in a while. Caleb Daniels hasn't played a competitive game. Brian Antoine hasn't really hit his full stride, right? Um, So familiarity could be an early issue. I'll be interested to to see what that looks like, but. I think there's enough returning guys who, you know, were playing 20 plus minutes a game to, to get the team by, you know, as they figure out, you know, rotations and, you know, best pairings on the court. And, you know, that'll take a few weeks. I think Jay Wright's shown that he really mixes it up early and then kind of locks in when conference play rolls around. So I'm pretty bullish on that not being an issue, but, you know, there are a handful of guys that are expected to be major contributors that we just haven't seen yet. So we have no idea what that's going to look like.
1: Chris, my question to you is like in in years past, you kind of saw like at least later on in the year, like Jay would have like a complete short leash with some of the the younger guys and whatnot, but obviously like in a shortened season right now with uh, everything that's been going on, do you think he's going to be willing, more willing to kind of let these guys roam free and try to figure out those rotations because of the unfamiliarity? Or do you still think he's going to kind of revert back to his old ways with the short
2: leash? I I would actually anticipate shorter leash again. Um, You know, I don't, think we've really ever seen him go much more than like eight deep um, when it matters. Right. I think that 2016 team went like eight, maybe nine. I think Daryl Reynolds might've been the ninth guy, which was like a foul trouble only or, you know, O'Shea who's injured situation. Um, You know, 2016 was even, or excuse me, 2018 was even more top heavy than that. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure there's much of a precedent for like, he's going to roll 10 guys out there every night. You know, I think we'll see that certainly against some of the weaker competition I would anticipate we see some of that versus Boston College, just given first game of the year. Um, He generally rotates early and often, but like night two, whether it's Baylor or Arizona State, who's also in the top 25, um, you know, I think he probably shortens that rotation and tries to get a big win on the resume. Um, And then just, you know, you mentioned shorter season overall, right? There's less games that are considered, you know, tune-up games or buy games or whatever terminology you want to use. And so I would expect that that rotation gets pretty ironed out. I'm just really intrigued, though, because if you listen to people, you know, within the program, they're pretty high on Caleb Daniels and, and Eric Dixon. And if you want to put those two guys in the rotation, like, you're kind of talking about kicking somebody else who was a part of the rotation last season. And, I, you know, I would say, you know, maybe that's Cole Swider. Um, you know, maybe Brian Antoine doesn't really make it. Maybe Brandon Slater's the odd guy out. But, like, I, I just don't see a world where we're running – 10 deep i feel like i get my hopes up every year we have a deep team or at least appear to have a deep team and it just never really comes to fruition
0: i know right like i would have loved to see a platoon swap or anything like that but we're not going to get that so what do you think the starting lineup and the rotation looks like you know we do have one guy to replace Sadiq bay some guys coming off redshirt years that's going to complicate the equation a little bit but at the same time abundance of options and there's no denying that
1: I, i was actually talking about this what a friend of mine and I, I, for the life of me, couldn't name the other two starters. I, I honestly don't know which way they're going to go. You obviously have Gillespie. You obviously got Jerry and you got Jermaine Samuels. Now the other two, I, I honestly don't know where they go with it. I mean, I would love to see Caleb Daniels in there, but I don't know. Part of me is just like so traumatized from the Joe Cremo experience that I just don't know what to make of transfers anymore uh, I, I I have really high hopes for Caleb Daniels though, like significantly high, but I, I just don't know if that'll be able to crack the lineup initially, but I, I would love to see Daniels and, and Dixon in there and maybe give Antoine a little bit more time to kind of work back in because I mean, yeah, the injury riddled season be damned, but I, I still think it would be cool to kind of see that.
2: Yeah. I, you know, I, I think what I think will happen and what I want to happen might be two different things. Yeah. Um, what I think will happen is you'll get, Gillespie, uh, Justin Moore, Jermaine Samuels, uh, Cole Swider, and uh, Robinson Earl starting. And I oh my I, God. I completely forgot about Justin Moore. Oh my God. <laughs> I was, was, was <laughs> going <gonna>, <laughs> to God. say something, but I was like, hmm. dude, dude no, please, <laughs> <'Cause> next time <laughs> What does, I, I what I, do I,
0: does he I, have under his bag of tricks? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: <laughs> I was so,
1: I, I honestly just completely disregarded him because of the whole six man thing, but that that is awful on my part. Jesus Christ. Wow. All right. I'm just sorry. Justin Moore's in. <laughs> just the in. I, I completely forgot about him. See, this is how, this is how
2: long it's been since our, since our last game. This is how bad it's been. Okay. It's all, it's all good, man. He, uh, yeah, I, I obviously I'd, put him in there. Jeez. I'd be, yeah, I'd be shocked <laughs> if he wasn't starting. Um, but, but Cole Swider's like, I think the guy that I think probably will get the early season, nod just longevity in the program. Like we saw him, I think, start a few times earlier in his career and you know, if he's made strides on the defensive end and he's, you know, n- not going to rely solely, I think, or at least primarily, not solely, but primarily on, you know, being able to float the perimeter and hit down uh, open shots, uh, you know, I think he could get that nod just on seniority. What I would like to see happen is a little different than that. I would I would put Caleb Daniels in the lineup just based on, you know, some of the stuff I've read during the offseason and some of the people I've heard from that that, you know, are closer to the program they rave about him. Um, and it, and there was a few pieces done in the off season where, you know, some opposing coaches who had faced him at Tulane talked about him and they were just like, he's going to kill it at Villanova. Like no, no doubt in their mind, right? It, it feels very much like what we were getting out of Eric Pascal when he was, um, you know, in his redshirt year, people just like raved about the work ethic, about, you know, the, um, about the performances he was putting in, you know, on the scout team, heard a lot of the same. So, I I would really like to see us go, I think maybe you'd consider it smaller, right? With three guards. And then you've got, you know, Samuels and Robinson Earl, neither of which are, you know, the biggest guys in the world. But I really like that because everybody can handle the ball. Everybody can shoot the ball. I think that's like a little bit closer to the makeup of our 2018 team where it was like, what, what do you do with this? How do you defend this? Um, You've got defensive concerns there, but you know, I think Colin Gillespie has proved me wrong. Very good defensive player last year. I thought, Justin Moore is a great on-ball defender. Jermaine Samuels, great defender. Um, you know, you go up and down that lineup; everybody can defend. So, i I'd, I'd like to see us roll with that first. I think that's a more exciting lineup to me, um, a more dynamic lineup. And then you can feather in, you know, some of the guys off the bench like Dixon and Slater and Swider and uh, and Demir Cosby Roundtree that you know give you a little bit more of that traditional lineup look with some of their length in the front court.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you on that, Lane. Like, that's exactly the starting five I envision. But I also agree that, you know, I would love to see Caleb Daniels in the starting lineup. I just don't know if Jay's going to roll that small. I could also see him possibly overtaking Moore, where Moore still stays on the bench and Daniels kind of jumps him ahead just because of seniority. I mean, like you Blasphemy. said. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. I don't know about that. I mean, he was the man at two lane, You know, he's getting, like, triple teamed on, like, a – and 27 team and you know despite that he was still dropping buckets
2: yeah i i I like him a lot he's um uh, his game i watched a lot of his highlights um last season really like his game but i agree with you I, i think jay wright like he's talked about it a lot about that four guard team uh back when we were all in school or at least i was in school probably age dating myself here um and that was like completely out of necessity that was not for um you know for any tactical reason it felt like. It was just like, these are the four best guys we got because we're, we're so banged up. Uh, so I'm not sure he'll be willing to go there just yet. But, you know, he, he seems to have adopted a little bit more of like an analytical statistical approach to the way he approaches the game, you know, over the last five to 10 years. And I, I would be shocked if that five-man lineup, whether it's starting or not, I think they're going to look extremely good on the offensive end uh, as the season progresses.
0: Yeah, like Gillespie more... And then you have Jermaine and then, you know, either Daniels and then JRE. Sounds great. Sounds great. I don't know see, if they're going to go that small, but uh, yeah, sure. I was going to ask of the three guys that are coming in, you know, the, the people who were kind of enigmas last year. I mean, you had Caleb Daniels, you had Brian Antoine who was hurt. So we didn't really get to see his full deal. And then Eric Dixon who has been like a, a secret weapon behind closed doors, you know, redshirt year, all these rumors flying around um it sounds like of the three you're most excited for caleb daniels
2: um i'm not sure i'd go that far actually i think like he seems to have the path to make the biggest impact um,
3: okay.
2: uh i think that's where i'm at uh I, i'm really excited to see eric dixon i thought uh i forget what article it was in it might have been like the athletic or something but somebody talked to jay Wright, and he talked about eric dixon and he raved about him. Um, he was making some pretty, pretty aggressive comparisons, which is unlike him. I thought, you know, comparing his ball skill and basketball IQ to uh, like senior year, Daniel Ochefu, And he, you know, he caveat and he's like, they're different players. You know, chef was a better defender. He's, he's obviously bigger, longer, but you know, I think what Jay Wright sees on the court from Eric Dixon is kind of like, I got to figure out a way to get this guy involved. Um, because he's, you know, he's obviously a bull on the low post. Um, He's, you know, got, sounds like he's got a, an improving jump shot, can play a little bit outside. Um, but his passing ability is what I think was called out several times, that he's just the guy you can give the ball in a high post, similar to what we saw from from Jeremiah Robinson Earl last year, I thought, and just make some really slick passes out of there and find open cutters, open shooters. I think he's a guy you can run a little bit of offense through. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see if he can get into the rotation and stick there, um, because I, I found it... Super, super interesting that Jay Wright, you know, went went really aggressive on him in the press.
0: I mean, we saw the transformation he did over quarantine. He did not take any days off. (laughs) Shack fitted all day. Chris, uh, which one of the three are you excited about?
1: Uh, As as I kind of hinted at earlier, when I was completely overlooking Justin Moore's existence, uh, I I was talking about uh, Caleb Daniels. The dude could shoot. He can score. Like he's just such an exciting player I feel like that I, I'm just so happy to see him on this team and when they got him last year I just wanted him to put in get put into the lineup immediately last year but obviously you can't because of transfer stuff but I, I'm I'm super excited to see him and obviously like all his teammates are raving about him at Big East Media Day and whatnot so just to hear like the team hype him up and then obviously hear Chris Lane hype up anybody just makes me want to run through a wall so <laughs> well, I know I, so I just I just want to see this guy get out on the court and just start lighting it up already. Like, come on! I, I, he's been on the team for what? It feels like a year and a half now. Probably been a year and a half now, and he hasn't even played a game. I I want to see him out there, and I want to see him get going. But I know Eugene. I know you're really hyped on Brian Antoine, though.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, you know, before before we get on that, you know, I just wanted to play this little clip from from Jeremiah from Big East Day. Uh, you know, on Caleb Daniels, he said he was that dude. Uh, let's take a listen.
3: Another great piece that we were able to have last year. He was a great. Great practice dude for us, uh, last year when he transferred because he was probably, he'd say when we would go up against teams and they had a really good guard, he'd be kind of that guard that we would go against. So he, he can shoot the ball, he can drill the ball, get to the goal, really aggressive, great on the defensive end. But I think he'll be a really good piece to have for our team that kind of add some toughness and just grit on the offense and defense Well,
0: good stuff from Jeremiah there. I mean, Chris, you, you gotta love to hear that. As for me, I am pretty hyped on Brian Antoine, only because, you know, torn labrum, torn labrum. I can relate with the guy. I, I still don't feel the same five years later. What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, but, you know, undisputed five-star prospect coming in. You had that shoulder injury that went undiagnosed until they got to Nova. So, shout-outs to Nova's doctors, medical staff, whatever they got going there. Clearly better than what I have. Might have to upgrade my health insurance. The rumors during his off season has been pretty good everyone's wanting us to be patient about it, which I understand, you know, the guy kind of got thrown into the fire, wasn't truly ready yet last year. And we saw his minutes kind of dwindle and he became a quote unquote unofficial redshirt. But you know, now that he's fully healthy, he's had a year in the system, no need to rush back in. I think he'll feel more like himself. I'm most excited for him, but I I don't know if he's going to get those early minutes right away. Like I can see him being like the seventh or eighth guy just for now only because, honestly, I don't even know what this rotation is going to look like. There's definitely a lot of different ways they can go with it because, as we have mentioned before, a lot of talented guys on this team, and it's going to be hard to see who's going to be the odd man out. But I think Antoine is definitely going to have a bigger role, and I'm pretty psyched for him. Hopefully that shoulder gets well.
2: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was just as much as, as Jay Wright, I think it was actually the same interview, um, just as much as he – Eric uh, Eric Dixon up. He kind of went easy on Brian Antoine and and I thought preloaded some patience with him. Uh, You know, he mentioned obviously we all know last year he had stop start uh, mostly stop um, and then you know tried to I think play through it. And I think that's it's good to see out of him that he wants to be on the court and he you know doesn't want to just redshirt um, you know for health reasons. I think that's the right attitude to have, and I, I think there's a lot to take from. From his ability to work hard um, during what i'm sure was like not the year he thought he was going to have um but heading into this season um jay wright mentioned that like it's the first guy they've ever had where he's you know entering his second year in the program and he's missed missed both strength and conditioning sessions over the summer um you know the first one for injury this one for covid and you know i thought it was interesting that he called antoine out because it's like well everybody missed this year right um and you know not everybody has the same issues as him but you know why would you call him out if you didn't think you know we need to be patient with him we need to give him more time and we shouldn't expect him to hit the ground running right away um so i i think he's probably if i were to read between the lines of that probably still got a little ways to go um i do think he'll be part of the rotation this year uh and i do think you know he is a a, a an extremely talented uh and super athletic prospect um and hopefully he can take a leap this season to make an impact on the court. You know, I don't think he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people said we're one and done. I, I don't really think I ever thought he was going to be a one and done player, even pre-injury, just watching some tape on him. But, you know, he is a guy who probably is going to have an eye on the NBA. And so you, you do wonder, you know, is he, you know, does he crack the rotation? Does he make an impact? Does he try to go early? Um, does, he, does he end up sticking around and being a three, four-year player? Like, I, you know, I, I think it's a super – interesting thing to follow um, this season is like the story arc of of where he goes.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, at Big East Media Day, Jay was definitely like, oh, you know, these guys are gonna be great, but don't jump on them too fast. Despite him saying that, his teammates have had positive things to say. We got this from Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who had this to say about Brian Antoine.
3: Um, He's been doing very well. I feel like player like him coming in last year and getting hurt towards the beginning and then kind of just easing his way. It just kind of shows how mentally tough he is in all, all circumstances and just being able to cre- keep a great attitude and keep going on, just becoming the best player he can be, and he's going to be a really big piece for us this year, a uh, great guard for us that we, we will really want to take advantage of and really quick, Well, I think he's a great piece that we'll have to be able to have this year.
0: So the consensus is he's had a great mentality throughout it all. I'm hoping he can be his true self or get close to that. We'll see what happens, but outside of Antoine Uh, Lane, I'm with you on Eric Dixon only because I've seen him during the City of Basketball Love Days with Josh Verlin. Definitely, definitely a talented guy coming out of Abington. And I'm hoping we get to see some good stuff from him this year. Some post-redshirt year magic. So with all this hype for this team and all the new pieces, we asked... The View Hoopsters, you know, the wisdom of the crowds to see how confident they think this team will go this year. I know it's early. We didn't even play a game yet. 33% think we'll be national champions. 8% think we'll be runner-ups. 37% think we make it to the final four. So that's that's a pretty good chunk over there. Final four later, that's pretty good. 50% in the elite eight. Four percent thinks we only make it to the sweet sixteen. And then uh, one temple fan hacked it and added a vote for the round of 32 and someone else voted for a first round knockout. Uh, you guys agree or disagree with the view hoopsters? How far do you think this team can take it?
2: Uh, I, I think they absolutely can win the national championship. Um, you know, it's hard to say, do I think they will? Because it's, it's just so hard to do that. Um, you know, we, we forget about like the the supremely talented teams we had that like just caught a bad night. Right. And, and your season's over.
0: 2015? Um,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, that was that was during my bachelor party in Las Vegas. Oh, and no. They, no. Things, no. Did not, uh, things did not go well at the, no. at the great, uh, <laughs> crazy beach club. Um, yeah, there was an incident. Um, so, uh, they're, uh, you know, I think they absolutely can win the whole thing. I, I would expect them to be you know, one or two in the biggies this year. I think them and Creighton are, you know, far and away the best teams in the league. Um, there's great depth in the league this year, so you never know. Somebody could surprise, but I think they're a cut above. And then, I, you know, I, I think, it, like every year, it kind of depends on what matchups you get, right, and and how you're peaking heading into the tournament. And just given the roster makeup and the seniority with with guys like Gillespie and, and Jermaine Samuels and, and Dada, I, I do think, like, they – they look like a national championship team. They, they look like a team that'll be resilient, uh, that, that should be able to score a lot of points, should be able to defend pretty well. You know, they go deep, so they should be able to, you know, weather, you know, some injuries if, you know, guys miss their game or two. It shouldn't be, you know, a, a death sentence for them. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a couple other teams that look just like them at the top, um, and there's a lot of unknowns going into the season with the rest of the league, um, or the, or the rest of the NCAA you know, in and around the top 25, you know, we just don't know with a lot of these teams. So yeah, I would say, ask me again, when we're kind of halfway through the big E season or, or trending towards the end of the big E season, I think we'll know a lot more about the rest of, of the competition, but you know, certainly they've got the capability and they've got all the tools to win it all.
1: Yeah, Chris, I'm, um, I'm with you there. It, it is a little too early to kind of make any sort of determination on that, but
2: they have all the pieces for it
1: for like, I have to say final four or bust at this point, there's just too much talent to not make, The third weekend run, at all. So I'm thinking at least Final Four. With obviously they have the potential to be national champs. So, but it's it's still way too early for that.
0: Oh yeah, but you know, there's no fun in educated guesses. You gotta you gotta go all out there, make the all right. Stake in the
2: ground. We're winning it all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Defeating COVID, defeating whatever team we have to play. It's going to be great.
2: We're probably developing the vaccine as we speak. I was just gonna say
1: you also don't know how the NCAA tournament is gonna to shake out either. Like, how are they how are they gonna make it work and who's going where and whatnot. But that that's obviously we're assuming a completely normal season here.
0: Oh yeah, we don't even have a January schedule yet, so yeah, I sure. don't even I don't even know if we can we can dive into what that'll look like. But you know, there are <laughs> there are a few V-Hoopsters that were pretty pessimistic because of COVID. About 6% of readers in that same poll said that COVID will take away another NCAA tournament. How optimistic are you guys that that we'll get through it this year? Honestly, I think my optimism is slowly rising each day.
2: The NCAA tournament is the easy part of this.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like, going through the whole season.
2: Yeah, the the NCAA tournament, it's like if we get to – you know, let's, let's say we get to January 1st and it's like, it's a shit show, right? Like there's Corona outbreaks everywhere. Games are getting canceled or postponed. Like it's a mess. I think if you're the NCAA, you can very easily say, okay, everyone take a chill practice for a month. We're going to go right to the NCAA tournament. We're all going to bubble up, uh, you know, in various sites, like, like the way the NCAA tournament is structured is actually like perfect um, (laughs) for this. Like we got the blueprint from the NBA, the bubble works, (laughs) So I'm, I'm really not, like, I'd be shocked if we don't get an NCAA tournament this year. I think the far greater risk is, like, the regular season becomes a, a disaster week to
0: week. Yeah, do you think the Big East should go ahead with uh, bubbling us up? You know, if we got the Midwest bubble out there, and then we got the East Coast bubble over here.
2: Yeah, The uh, I'd say, yeah, go for it. Um, and then we can blow up the NCAA. We can actually pay some of these guys. And- yes, yes. <laughs> We can make some real change here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's like the real reason why nobody really wants to do that, obviously, is because oh, yeah. at that point, you've got to acknowledge these guys as, <laughs> as uh, <laughs> you know, what they actually are, not uh <laughs> not property of the university. So uh, I, 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 I'm happy that the Big East seems to be like really in front of this. I, I'm like super impressed. I think I've said it before, but like super impressed with Val Ackerman. Oh, um, yeah. She, she's Total been props. like just a home run for the conference uh, every step of the way. And I think she's handling this perfectly too. Like, you know, hey, we can project two months out. Here's what the schedule looks like. We're going to reassess as we learn more and we're making contingency plans for a bubble and, you know, we want to play this season. Like she seems to be taking this you know, the way I wish college football took it, which is, you know, seriously. And trying to figure out, like, how do we actually play this season without going through what we're going through with college football, which is like every few hours, it feels like another game that gets canceled for that weekend. Uh, And I don't think anybody wants to see that from basketball. So I would trust that she's watching that and she's uh, informing her decision-making with the rest of the schools around the lessons they're learning from, you know, football's failures right now.
0: So scale from one to 10, how optimistic are you that we go through this whole thing? Regular season, Biggie's tourney, NCAA's.
2: We're gonna have games canceled. <laughs>
0: oh, there's definitely gonna be. Yeah.
2: A oh yeah, without a doubt. I'm, out of I'm talking about like, I'm um, gonna... I do think. Well, I, I you know, I, it's it's hard to say with the regular season because, like, what is what is finishing the regular season look like? Do I think everybody's gonna play their 20 game schedule? No, no. I, I think you know, I would put it probably the correct mark around, and I forget what the what the protocols all for are that they've laid out for basketball, but you probably get a few games per school missed just because somebody gets exposed and has to shut it down for a week or two. Um, so you probably end up playing like somewhere between 15 and, and 18 games, I would guess. And then, you know, but the, the postseason, the tournaments like that, that's the easy part. And I, I just, I fail to see like why that would be hard to, to execute. Um, it'd be really short sighted of the NCAA um, to do it again. Right. I think last year they made an aggressive call, which was the right call, which is like, we have no idea what's happening. There's like a live outbreak <laughs> At Madison Square Garden me right now like we've got to just shut it down like I think that was the right call but we've we've learned a lot from the NBA that if you are smart about this and you know sorry no fans like let's post everyone on zoom on the on the background of the broadcast like it, you can make it work and it's still really fun and it's still great and like you know part of what I love about the NCAA tournament is obviously like traveling and watching Villanova play but more of what I love about the NCAA tournament is watching Villanova play and win so I'd rather watch them play and win from the comfort of my home than be like, all right, no fans. Like, sorry, we're not going to do it again this year. There's, there's way, uh, way more than enough guidance on how to do this successfully and, and pull this off. But if, if they don't do that for the conference tournaments and for the NCA tournament, I'll, I'll be pretty shocked. Stan, it's level of optimism.
1: Yeah, after kind of hearing Chris talk there, I, I, I seem to be on board with that. Uh, the postseason tournaments are more, much more likely to happen and actually work because of the blueprints laid out by the NBA and, to a lesser extent, the NHL from this past summer. I feel pretty good about those happening. Now, the season's going to be a freaking disaster. I mean, just look at the MLB and how awful they were, and they didn't bubble. The NFL's kind of going through it now, but they're trucking on through because –
2: Waiting all day for Sunday night, that's why.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's – and also to the point that – and I know I said this last time. Well, me and Eugene, we, we both said this last time, that there's just no way they canceled the NCAA, uh, NCAA tournament because of all the money. And then they did. But <laughs> maybe this time around, hopefully, I mean, you see rumors floating around that if they cancel it again, like they're not going to be able to sustain themselves. And who knows? It's the NCAA. They, they don't know what they're talking about sometimes. You don't want to see that happen. I, I would love to see an NCAA tournament, obviously. get Just get everything going. Get, get some normalcy back. And uh, I, I feel a little bit optimistic about that. Not so optimistic about the whole regular season kind of going through. But if they do bubble, and I saw that one of the options is at Mohegan Sun, which is just absolutely hilarious to me that the a college conference would be bubbling at a casino. I don't know. There's just some irony in that. That would just be awesome to see.
0: We got we got UConn just so we can post it in their backyard at Mohegan Sun.
1: Yeah, clearly three D chess.
0: Yeah, Chris, you remember when we were on the pod like about. I want to say it was like February, maybe late January. And we were talking about like, oh, there's this coronavirus going around. What percent chance do you think that it cancels the uh, NCAA tournament of the season? And we were like, oh, 2%. And then you were like, yeah, you're like less than zero. And then, of course, one month later, all this went down. Goodbye.
1: Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we're... uh... We're here for the rebound on that.
2: It it felt, I mean, in in defense of that, like last year, it just felt too big to fail, right? Um, There's (laughs) so much money at stake for hosting that that tournament that you're kind of like, 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 why would you not figure out a way to do this? Like, even if it, even if the PR and the optics look horrible and you look, you know, like the biggest shitheads in the world at the end of it, like you still made billions of dollars. (laughs) So, like, why would you not try? That, like, that was my line of thinking. I You know, I think I kind of coped with, like, they shouldn't do it. But I was like, I kind of think they will because, like, you know, I'm sure CBS or whoever owns the rights is calling them like, yeah, guys, like, we're, we're, we're going to need to do this now. We got, we got ad buys booked up for the next three months.
0: Yeah, it was one of those things where they were, uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell get it, then everything shut down. NBA and then all the other leagues fell like dominoes. Although the Big East was the last – basketball conference to keep on rolling we did get a half a basketball (laughs) (laughs) at a very very sad madison square garden with only like 100 fans in the band
1: that's just because they were scared the paul was going to win it all eugene they had to shut it down right then and there
0: yeah they they needed to spare us the embarrassment so whatever happens bubbles no bubbles we're hoping to sneak in there somehow i know that media attendance is still kind of up in the air still tbd like everything else but we're going to Go ahead and go on and hope for the best. Before we move on to questions, just want to give a quick shout out to Jordan Longino, Nana Joku, Angelo Brizzy, Trey Patterson for signing their letter of intent during national signing day yesterday. I'm sure you guys took a quick peek at the numbers. There were a couple things that stood out to me. Jordan Longino, we're at number 15. Rep in arch. I wonder how people feel about it.
2: That's Reggie Redding's number.
0: Uh, oh, see, I said that. I said that one time and I got in trouble.
2: The uh, the thing that stood out to me is that you know poor Nana didn't even get a number. So he got twenty two. What, what the hell's up with that? Oh, did he? I only yeah. saw one graphic of him where he's holding the ball in front of. Oh, I yeah, I kid. know,
0: I know it's what you're talking about. Yeah, I like looked at it and I was like, oh, so so what number is he? And then it was like in the it was like in the actual text or the tweet.
2: Oh, uh, okay, yeah, It was like, this is a fun game to try to guess what number he's going to be. <laughs> like, what 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 shithead on the social media team thought this was fun?
0: But what we really want to know, Chris Lane and. You know, I know you have all the sources, you have all the uh, sauces. What's the deal with Trevor Keels? What can you say on wax? Wink three times <laughs> if he's coming, take a sip of your drink if it's a no.
2: <laughs> I, 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 we, we talk about this in Slack. I honestly don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, I, talking to a few people who I think would know, or at least I think would have an idea that are more in, involved in, in the recruiting industry um, than I am. Uh, so it's, you know, different. Than talking to people closer to the program. I I, sounds like we're, we're in a pretty good spot. It sounds like us and Duke and, and, you know, I think that's what everybody kind of thought it would go to all along. I don't think, you know, I think him not signing today or not committing soon to me has always meant he's going to hold out and wait um, to see what rosters look like, you know, closer to the spring. Um, You know, the, the, I would say the big downside we have going for us is just like a loaded roster, right? We're, we're going to graduate, three guys this year um, and we're going to uh, you know possibly lose maybe one more I would think maybe Jeremiah Robinson Earl looks at the NBA again and so we' we're, we're, we've got space right but we already also have four guys <laughs> signed up that are coming in so it's a really loaded team again next year um, with a lot of competition and you know for guys that are you know five star recruits and being recruited by the best schools in the country generally speaking like the number one thing they want to accomplish is get to the NBA and if you want to do that, you want to go somewhere where you've got a lot of playing time and, you know, typically Duke turns their roster over, you know, harder than we do every year. And so, you know, that's probably the appealing thing about going to Duke And on top of, you know, everything else they have going for them with, with, you know, a very good coach and a very good, you know, program and, you know, crazy fan base. Like I, I don't really think he can go long wrong with either choice. Um, you know, I, I do feel like this has been good for us the whole time. I, I, I'm not going to make a prediction because I honestly do not know, but I, I I find it better, not worse, that he's waiting because it means he's waiting. I think to assess what happens with with each of those programs that he's down to.
0: I totally agree. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know he's doing his homework, doing his research, taking his time, not rushing through it. I mean, hopefully things work out well. Feel free to wink at any time or take a sip of the drink at any time. Just so let us know. Oh, oh, he did something, but I won't say what he did.
1: Uh, Chris just for the uh, recruiting uneducated like myself where does he where does Trevor Keels kind of fall in the whole spectrum of recruits is he high-end like one and done material or are we Uh, talking
0: more very big boy
1: very big boy yeah he's he's
2: he's uh he's he's pretty thick um thick with two (laughs) sleeves um very very sexy thick um he uh, you know I I don't know on one and done with him because He doesn't look like a guy to me that like jumps off the screen athletically. Um, And, and, you know, very good basketball player, like does pretty much everything well, can handle the ball, dead eye shooter from deep, really good defender, Um, you know, really well built, like college ready right now. And he's a junior in high school um, or heading into his his senior year next year. Anyway, Uh, I have no idea (laughs) what Virginia schools are doing right now. And if they're even open, um, or I guess he is a senior now. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I think he could be a one and done. I think it like for, for a guy like him, it really depends on where he ends up and like how much playing time he gets and you know, how much is he featured in the offense? Um, where does he look, where does he look like on draft boards? But I do think he looks to me more to be like a guy who might spend a couple of years in a program um, because he he's, you know, while he's a five-star recruit, I think he's one of those guys that steps on the court and is like a, more of a cog in the machine you know like a Jeremiah Robinson Earl who last year was you know a walking double double every night but you didn't walk away from watching Villanova and be like oh man Robinson Earl is the centerpiece of that team. I think Trevor Keels is like cut from the same cloth where he's going to look really good most nights. Um, going to put up a lot of points, going to play really good defense. But like you know if Trevor Keels comes to Villanova next year are we like this is Trevor Keels' team? Like I don't think so. I think we've got a ton of other pieces on the roster and just the way we play Uh, especially where we feature a lot of guys, I think, you know, probably makes him more of a multi-year guy. And, you know, if you're him, you probably, you either, you you know what your stock is, or at least you, you know, hopefully you're listening to people who are giving you a realistic view of what your stock is. And if you, you know, if you are, uh, you know, a guy who can just go through your freshman year of college and you're going to get picked in the first round, you know, that's, that makes it kind of irrelevant where you go, in my opinion, as long as you're going to play and stay healthy. If you're a guy who's like, you know, like Jeremiah Robinson Earl was like, uh, maybe a first rounder maybe you could use a couple of years in school like then you go to a program like Villanova who's just got an insane reputation for developing talent at this point and putting guys into the NBA and you make your bet there in my opinion um, so it'll be interesting to see what he decides I, I don't know what his stock is for the NBA right now but just in my opinion looking at you know some of the clips of him um, reading reading some of the reports on him feels like a guy who you know could be a multi-year star before heading off to the league
0: stance. Does that answer the question? I know you, like despise twenty four seven sports. You despise recruiting.
2: You despise, <laughs> um, you know, I, people going into gyms
0: with binoculars checking out what high school kids are up to. But uh, I hope I hope that answered the question. No, that
1: answered uh, everything and more. Thank you very much, Chris. And I, I don't hate the websites. I respect the work they do. It's very hard work. I I'm just saying I, it's just not for me. That's all.
2: We'll get you down to Peach Jam one year. We'll get you some binoculars and we'll do some cath assessment <laughs> on some of these kids. <laughs> I'll bring a notebook and everything. I can't. <laughs>
0: yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens with Keels. I mean, you know, I've heard rumors about him. So something's supposed to happen real soon, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, let's let's open the mailbag for the first time in like eight months, nine months, nine, eight months, nine, nine. nine. Yeah, it's been a long time.
2: It's, a, it's completely empty. Yeah, <laughs> it, <it's, laughs>
0: we won't tell Mike Jacobs that his questions got lost. Yeah, you know, as always, in case you forgot, I know. I almost forgot to fire out the tweet until Chris reminded me. So thank you, Chris. Anytime you have any questions, anything you want us to discuss on the pod, please, please feel free to tweet at us at S-O-N-N pod or at VU Hoops or at myself. It'll find, it'll find its way there. We have pretty good mailmen. Um, first one is from Mike J. How many articles of Villanova clothing does Chloe have already? Congrats again to Chris Lane.
2: The, uh, the correct answer is uh, she has all the clothes that her older sister had. <laughs> we're uh, we're th- that's the upside uh, the immediate upside anyway of having having two girls pretty close together is like you can just reuse all the clothes um, but I was thinking about like the, the funnier way to answer that because it is how we get with some of this stuff right is like I don't know if you guys ever saw that meme on Twitter from drill where it was like my mortgage is a thousand dollars like food is 250 a month you know electricity is a hundred and my Villanova gear is thirty five hundred dollars someone <laughs> helped me budget this my family is dying <laughs> uh, that, that is like kind of where we're at with uh um, with buying stuff for for our kids it's like whenever like and it's instagram's like the worst for that right like you're just oh. like cruising through social media oh. and, and like you're talking out loud about like oh i need to get her some villanova stuff and like bang next thing like the villanova university shop has a sale for you um so we we do we've got some things ordered up she's got a her sister had a cheerleaders outfit that'll that'll fit her uh for for this season we think and uh Madison's outgrown all that stuff So she's, uh, she's looking to get a jersey
0: Taking notes right now When I have kids, save all the clothes Just in case you can pass on <laughs> hand-me-downs Don't throw anything
2: <laughs> away yeah.
0: just Put it all in one big bag in the basement Open when needed And then uh, Mike J's other question is I want to know everyone's hottest takes For the Villanova season Chris Stanzial, your hottest take for the Villanova season
1: oh, I'm always good for one of these a year Let's say Caleb Daniels, MVP Wow I have no factual basis for that. That's, that's what makes it – but that's what makes it a hot take. All right, guys?
0: That's, well, that's what Skip does. You know, he just kind of yeah. shows up, puts a microphone on his face, talks about what he feels – you know, it's kind of like running conversation, running commentary. And,
1: and he's got millions of dollars, so can't really say I blame him. Chris Lane, what, what do you guys say?
2: Jay Wright gets thrown out of a game this season. Wow. For the first time, and I can't Ooh. remember. Um, I do remember he used to get thrown out, I feel like a couple of times, uh, or at least heat up like really often. Um, I I can't remember now if he's been thrown out, but, uh, maybe I'll revise my hot take to like Jay Wright over under 2.5 technicals this year. I think I'm going over. I think he's, uh, he, he believes in this team. He's, he's got his heart in it. He's got his passion in it. And I'm sure we will run into some, uh, some zebra shenanigans out there this season, uh, that'll wind him up and, and, uh, we'll get our, we'll get our Jay back.
0: My hot take is uh Jay Wright suits are 40% down in favor of casual game days because there's going to be no fans. COVID year, it's an odd year. So, you mm-hmm. know, loosen up a little bit, show up in maybe just
2: a polo, not three-piece suits. Wow, I like that. I could see I could see him doing that. Yeah, I was just you know. about
1: to ask that too. I was just about to ask do you think Jay ab- abandons the suits this year without anyone in the stands? <laughs>
0: Cameras probably would be more on him since there was less fans to show. So I don't know. That's true. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of got that like middle of Thanksgiving or, you know, that feast week tournament where everyone's yeah. just rolling up in polos or like t-shirts. <laughs> He's got the Hawaiian lay around his neck. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do at Mohegan Sun, maybe something a little festive. And then this one got into my DMs. This is from Rob and all right, outside of Creighton who is number two in the, biggie's preseason poll uh who do you think is the biggest threat now we're gonna do like a big east preview show next week but you know just for right now who do you think is gonna be the biggest problem
2: oh man that's a tough one providence maybe i, I just like i hate playing providence
0: uh it's always tough
2: yeah and I, I always just kind of like default to like these guys suck and i hate playing them um, <laughs> uh, I, you know i i it's, it's a really interesting question to answer. I, I think probably Providence. Um, I, I think Marquette's really interesting too, just because, you know, for the first time in what feels like a couple of seasons, they're not going to have like a guy they're running the entire offense through. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, for as much as we joke about Wojo, I, he's a, he's a really talented offensive coach um, with some of the stuff they ran for Marcus Howard. And uh, when they had Andrew Rousey, like they get very, very creative. Um and I'll be interested to see, like, what he does now that he doesn't have that. And I think they've got, like, some pretty uh, highly rated freshman uh, forward coming in as well. So it's a little bit of a different roster makeup for them. I'm just – I'm intrigued more than anything to see what they look like. Uh, but, but Providence for me just because uh, I, I just – I hate playing them. Uh, and, and they're always a tough out. And I think this is the kind of season where, like, they can rally around each other a little bit and, and make a little bit of noise.
0: Yeah, Providence can be 500, below 500, over 500. They'll, they'll be a pain every time. Never easy. Especially when you go over there in Rhode mm-hmm. Island. Oh, the dunk. Chris, which team do you think is the biggest challenger? Yeah, all uh, UConn, <laughs> Xavier Butler, St.
1: John's, DePaul? Wow, you, you took the first two options right out of my mouth. I, I honestly don't really know. I, I don't know all that much about the squad's coming back still i, I gotta do that's some fine. more research we got time. that's that's we that's what next, next week's for, for yeah that's what that's next what week's for
2: we you yeah. thought <laughs> there would be no math yeah come on come on guys
1: uh gun to my head though you gun.
2: yeah that, that I, they, I think they are gonna be tough too yeah they're I definitely gonna m- be i wonder with how much shit dan hurley's been talking like <laughs> yeah if they go if they don't get everybody's super bowl every single night they play it's good to have him back though for nostalgia's sake it's nice it to have you back. It you want you want as you want as many good teams in the conference as you can, and like I've always been like a, you know I no secret I grew up in Connecticut I grew up rooting for UConn but like I I despise them with the the rest of everyone now uh, and it's like that's who you want in your conference you want to play teams you hate every single year I, I never understood the like don't let them in the conference like let them rot it's like you guys are excited about like playing call <laughs> twice a year like I'd rather be playing UConn twice a year.
0: Yeah, still a big name brand and you know, the Huskies are always good. The one thing though, the one downside I do feel for all the big East women's basketball programs, because now it's like a battle for second place.
2: Good night. Yeah, that's no fun. I just saw they got the uh I think they got the number one recruit in the country today. Um so they're not uh they're not getting any worse.
0: Oh, I can't imagine Gino's recruiting trips are that difficult. He probably just loads up ESPN's top ten and just sends emails to everybody. <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the pod. You can subscribe to VU Hoops at Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Megaphone. you got many, many options. Also, follow View Hoops on social media, at VU Hoops. That's good for Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, Eugene Repay, at e 5 on Twitter. And where can we find you, Chris Lane?
2: You can find me at uh, Brendan J. Riley 37 on Twitter. Uh, you're going to want to send me your hottest takes about everything UConn-related. Just hop right into my DMs. Hey, Chris, are you
0: still
2: uh, on social uh, media? Yes, yes, thankfully. I, I
1: think I picked a really good time for that. So uh, follow Eugene, follow Chris Lane, follow the pod, follow the hoops, and stay safe, everybody.
0: All right. Nova Nation, have a good Thursday. We'll be back at it next week with some preview content where we'll actually do our homework this time. Come ready and prepared, locked and loaded for some non-con talk. I see Chris Lane's working in the background. Oh, we got the Big East preview show. We'll also do a little NBA chatter to see what happens to Sadiq Bey on draft night. Hoping the best for him. Have a good one. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Catch you later.